Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Five Beans in a Pod. I'm your host Pablo. We got David in the cut, Donnie Corleone, and we got Daniel in the cut. Um, I want to thank you guys so much for listening every Thursday, for tuning in, uh, for being interactive fans. Last time we checked, shout out to the people in Germany. Um, that's amazing that we've hit international. So we're going to thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, we're back on the interview. So with today, we have a um, recording artist. We had a rapper during the BLM movements here in Edmonton. He was huge in them. Um, this guy, overall, an amazing dude. We're so happy to have him on. So without further ado, here we got Nick Wally. How you doing, man? I'm blessed, man. Yo, wow, that's a crazy introduction, man. I'm humbled to hear that. Thank you. We got, got you, bro. We got, we got you. you. We've been following you for a while, so. Word, man. I'm humbled, bro. Like, yo, how'd y'all hear about me? I, <laughs> you don't remember this, but I met you. Yeah? Uh, good with faces. The, I'm good with faces. If you remember the Fugazi after party. Fugazi. Uh, oh, Fugacious. Yeah, Fugacious. He was there, too? Damn. He was there, too. I met him. He was right beside David. But they're both a little young, so. Oh, yeah, trust me. Trust me. Yeah, I'm ta- I'm always tapped in, though. You know, I'm always tapped in. Yeah, I introduced you. I was a photographer at that time. I was doing some, okay, some photos and stuff. Yeah. Again, I told David this, and he laughed. He didn't remember. They, you guys were both pretty act. Okay, yeah, it's pretty gone. That's pretty gone, baby, you know? But, that, yeah. yeah, small world, fam. Yo, I'm, um, I'm honored to be here, man. Thank y'all for having me and shit. For real, for real. Not trust, bro. It's uh, actually, actually you were probably one of the first dudes we wanted to interview. Honestly, that's humble, yeah. man. Like y'all don't even know, bro. Like that's some real. That's like that hits the soul for real. Nah, man. We've uh, been watching you. We've been following you on your music, bro. Love that. Damn, damn. We were following you during the BLM movements, bro. So mm-hmm. all that we're gonna talk about it today, man. You've been a huge part of it. I saw you giving your speech up with those people who who set it up. So. Mm-hmm. Well, first, first off, we're going to start off, you know, give us your basics, who you are, where you're from, how you started rapping. Definitely. Okay, bet. So, my name is Nawali. Uh, I'm 24 years old. I'm a hip-hop artist based out of Edmonton, Alberta. I I come originally from uh, Rwanda, Central Africa. My parents survived the Rwandan genocide back in 1994. So, um. So that like uh so when that happened, my family decided to move to Canada. Like so, we became refugees and like we moved here in the year two thousand. And that's when initially I uh, I was showing hip hop. Like I always loved like the the drums and stuff like of the music back home when I was a kid, even like, very young. But like when I first saw hip hop, like we we came out here in two thousand. So like G Unit was just about to pop off. Like Nas was killing them, Jay Z was killing them. So those are the people that. Like, literally, I gravitate towards, as soon as we came here, just seeing, like, other Black people on TV, BT, you know, like, killing it, whether it was, like, my very first, like, hip-hop memory, I swear to God, I kid you not, is, um, I was five years old, I was, uh, I was watching BT, and, um, I remember seeing this video, it's like, I know I can, I know I can, oh, yeah, yeah. I wanna be, be what I wanna be, so, uh, one of my students was like, yo, you should go rap that to mom, and I was like, I bet. So I, I went in the kitchen and I just rapped that whole like hook to her. 
And she looked at me like, boy, you better get your ass back in the, <laughs> you better get your ass back in the living room, you know? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was my very first initial, uh, interaction with hip hop. But like, I just loved it since. And, um, I started rapping at uh, 16 years old though. If that makes sense. Like it took me a, a, a long time to tap in, but like once I did, I, I haven't looked back though. Where it is. I mm-hmm. actually remember that, uh, that little rap from BET as a kid, like, mm-hmm. and, uh, that just brought back a little memory. I was like, damn, that's mm-hmm. Trust me, trust me. I'm a student of the game, right? Like, I remember, I remember Basement with Tigger. Like, that was, I was very, 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 like, like, hyped to see that shit. Like, after school, like, like, you know, like, you knew someone was about to spit some crazy shit if, like, they're in the Basement with Tigger, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember that. That was, like, that was a big part of childhood for sure. You're into the, uh, like, old school kind of rap, right? Because your, your music is more, like... Like the biggie kind of flow, like tell mm-hmm. us about like what kind of flow you're into. Mm, okay, absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. I would say I'm very much so inspired by like '90s era, the golden, the golden age hip hop. Mm. It's because uh, the, lately, um, I feel like we're we're gearing towards back that, like we're going towards that route again, like we're going back to that. But like mumble rap and shit like that, it doesn't inspire me because it's like it's mostly about like popping perks and smashing yeah you know like that shit there's no substance you know and that's no disrespect you know that's no disrespect like they're super creative and like i i i applaud them for what they've done but i can't i can't listen to it to be honest you know yeah i feel what you're saying yeah. you know eventually it gets old where it's all like exactly hey, my perks and lean mm-hmm. sipping i'm leaning i'm sipping in you know it's just like mm-hmm. right yeah coding coding got me you know like you know what I'm saying like that shit is... got me tripping. Right? Come on. Yeah. Uh, hey, this is all copyrighted music. Stop it. Stop it. Hey, got me tripping was just made up on the spot. It was meant for nobody and nobody only. Hey, real talk, real talk. Yeah. So like um those are the guys that inspired me though. Like like the the Nazis, the Tupac's Tupac, like Tupac when I was sixteen, like yo man, that guy made me want to like become an activist, actually. Like that's when I first wanted to be, use my, like, cause I was just getting to rap music, but Pac was like, uh, that was like the very first artist that made me want to rap, but not just rap, but like rap about real shit, you know, conscious shit. Would you mm-hmm. say that your rap is a form of you speaking out as a um, voice that nobody's ever heard? In the sense of like, like activism and stuff like that? Yeah. Like you use your voice to be heard through rap. Um, I would say more so now. Before I was just trying to like show off my rap skills and things like that, you know, just just be like that, like that artist, you know what I'm saying? Like just rapping a rap, you know, like just to showcase my skills. But as time passed, um uh I I would say I I dialed it up more, like to realize like, okay, now this is what my this is what my bars need to do. Or like I this is what I need to say in my music. So so um uh so yeah, like I, I would say in the past three, three years, I'd say three, four years, I started using my platform for, like for, for awareness through my music and shit like that. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to build a following before you could show them off. Huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because it's like, it's like they're not gonna read the book. They're not gonna read the book if they see it's like um, you know, if they see it's too crazy for them. So you gotta lure them in, right? That's how it is, bro. That's See, we're true. speaking with the with the master right here. <laughs> hey, trust, trust, yo, trust. We're speaking with the lyrical genius. Hey, one day, one day. Uh, nah, man. So, mm. aside from rap, like I said, you were huge on the BLM movement. You know, mm-hmm. you were posting about the march. You even spoke at it. 
So tell us about that. How did you get started? And you know what? Even if this turns a political podcast, bro, go ahead and speak your truth, man. Absolutely. So it's it, it's it, it's funny that like um I realized, yo, I honestly didn't realize like how much I became an activist to the point where it's like, yo, um it's just it, it it's like a calling, you know what I mean? Like, yo, all this shit going on in the states, going around in the world, like this BLM stuff, it's like, yo, um I'm I'm a black person, you know? People, I always used to hear that like um oh, racism is not as bad as it is in the U.S. and Canada. I'm like, yo, you're clearly saying that as a Karen because you've never experienced racism here. You've <laughs> never experienced ra- like, I know it's real because I've, I've had it happen to me several times, oh, yeah. you know? So, like, the very first time I was called, like, a nigger, like, with an R, not even an A, like, an R. It was, like, these drunk white guys. Like, me and my family were leaving, um, uh, like, a, like, a, like a, a Rundi's, like, uh, get-together, like... Uh, and I was only nine, fam. And like th- these guys, these drunk white guys in the car, like they try to throw a bottle at us and stuff. And I was just like, yo, I, like in that moment, I'm like, yo, I don't know what they're saying to us, but like they're not saying it out of love, you know. I was nine years old, but you can you can still tell like if someone's playful or if someone's trying to like hurt you, you know. At that yeah, it's obvious. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, no, that's that's weird, you know. So like, like even at nine years old, which you should never experience like something that awful at a young age, but. You know, things like that, where people say it's not as bad as it is here. I'm like, yo, if you could target, like, a, 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 chi- like a child, his older sibling and his mother as they're leaving somewhere because of their skin color, no other basis, like, that's just fucked up. You know what I'm saying? And and things like that. But um, uh, th- where I stand with, with, with activism is uh, last year, actually. Last year, I read the biography of Malcolm X. And... Um, a good one. Yeah, for real. If y'all if y'all haven't got a chance to read that, I, I would like I would suggest that because that book is literally what made me want to uh uh what do you call it? Um start uh, it up. Yeah, exactly. Just start it up. And uh man, it's, it was a book written in, in the sixties and uh uh it's it was it was written in the sixties and then what happened after that, uh it's just man, like I can't I can't I can't imagine like uh George Floyd and all these things happened this year, and I'm like, yo, like, this is sh- this is still going on. You feel me? And like, mm-hmm. just to see the life that Malcolm X lived and how he was portrayed by the media, you know, it, it it just goes to show that the media you can't trust the media, you know, because they'll make they'll make Malcolm X seem like a terrorist or like uh, propaganda. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that was a big that was a big step for me, and I was just like, man, like. They, they told they told they told my parents they told the parent like the, like they told my grandparents that oh things are gonna be different for your kids they told my parents that and now guess what we're telling our kids that right so like that's what yeah, I'm it's a cycle it's a it's a sick cycle my G. so I'm like uh-huh. so I'm, we gotta we gotta break out of that you know so so, that, so that's where I got but honestly I, I recently like I realized like yo like I I have to use my platform to show other artists coming up because like. Cause I'm 24 now, right? Like, so I've been I've been making music for a long time now. But I'm showing these other artists coming up. It's like, yo, like, you make sure you use your voice and your platform, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, make don't sure. be like one of those who just talk and talk, but no action gets nowhere. Right? Exactly. And I learned that by observing Tupac. Right? I learned that by observing uh, Nipsey. I learned that by observing Kendrick Lamar, Jake Cole, all these guys that like you know have a have a solid foundation on their beliefs and stuff. 
like yo you got to make sure through and through you know that you're the same person we're like you're the same person you were before you got put on you know what I mean? exactly exactly you're the same spreading person. that uh that good like message and stuff mm-hmm. because at the end of the day it's like um I, what what I realized with music is like, yo, of course, like I want people to say like I'm the hardest artist like ever one day when I get there, but um, I realize what's more important is like your your impact and your legacy, right? Oh yeah, you know. So if if uh, God forbid if I if I if I die just now on the phone with y'all, um, like what what I'll leave behind is like showing showing people like the relentlessness of like trying to make a difference and hopefully impacting other people. Like people message me all the time and say like, yo, what you did at that BLM thing, I still think about to this day. And I'm like, damn dog. Like, yo, that was just like, for example, that that, that verse I did at that, at that BLM thing, right. It was called changes. Like from, from a song called changes I wrote in 2019. So, so all that shit is still relevant, and like it was inspired by Tupac actually. That's why I call it Changes. And um, and just to see that like his song that was written in 1994, still relevant. The song that Sam Cooke wrote in 1964 called A Change Is Gonna Come, still relevant. You know, I'm like yo, like enough is enough type of thing. You know. Yeah, I feel that though. Like you know, when you experience like. Like racism and it just it just gets to a point where you're just like you're just tired of it. You mm-hmm. know, you and you look like you see you look back at the generations mm-hmm. and you see like it's still going on. Like it just feels like it wasn't even that long ago too. Like not even lynching people and and doing all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't I can't see y'all y'all faces, but what's y'all nationalities and stuff? I'm uh, from Congo. Okay, but is that Ooh. David or Daniel? No, it's uh, that's Don or okay. Diodone. Yeah, yeah, Diodone's from the Congo. Uh, David, Daniel, me, and the other brother were from El Salvador. Oh, proper, proper. And the other guy who's not here is from the Dominican. Mm. So you see, like, yo, we're all like, we're all the same. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're all, we're all human beings. First and foremost, right? We're all, we're all human beings, and we all. We all bleed the same blood, bro. Like that's that's what it is. And love has no color, you know. No, it's fact, man. What you're saying too is, you know, thank God for us, we haven't experienced as much. Mm. But now, how we experience when we experience, we experience it, you know. And yeah. it's it's sick, man. Like uh, it's, it's awful, you know. <clears throat> you know, I, I'm trying to go the law enforcement route, mm-hmm. but that's because I really want to be the change, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I've talked with people who they were they're extreme BLM and they were, oh, but I can't believe you want to go through a six systemic racist, you know, giving me the whole spiel of why I shouldn't be a mm-hmm. cop. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is you know, I, I work right now, I work a, a not a law enforcement job, but we uh, I can't even explain it like that. But uh, I work security, mm-hmm. but at night I drive around with a canine unit. We respond to calls for 7 Elevens to remove vagrants and all that mm. so, you know we have to we have to deal with that and man the things i've been told they never get my nationality right that's what hurts me the most they don't mm-hmm. tell me you know it's always something else mm. but the ignorance in some of them man, and, and you know what the ignorance in some of the workers we have too it's a predominantly white workforce mm-hmm. and man a stereotyping huh the, a lot of stereotyping yeah and the thing is is they don't uh what's it called 
you know, I, I work with the guy, young guy, 19 years old. He's on his way to be an RCMP officer. Like, he's so close. Mm. And, you know, we talk about this too, man. You know what? He gets it, but he has those, those tendencies. you know, those tendencies, you know? Mm. And I told him a story. I haven't really told this story before. And my close homie knows it, but they, they don't know it to this depth. And, you know, I'll tell it today. Hey, thank I you was, for sharing. First, I was 12 years old. No, not even. How old was I in grade seven? Yeah, 12. Yeah, like 12 or 13-ish. No, you're what? 20? 20 in grade, in grade 7? No, I'm asking. How old are you now? <laughs> 19? So 19. what? Like, you're grade 7, like... 7 years ago. Okay, regardless, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Whatever it was. 13, 14, 12, whatever. Young guy, young guy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we went to... I went to J.D. Brocco. So anybody in Edmonton, Northside, knows where J.D. Brocco is. Mm. Um... By right by the rec center now. Um, we used to have to cross this hill if we wanted to get to McDonald's or Tim Hortons on, on the street. We had to cross this hill, jaywalk, and uh, well, we did it, you know, whatever. We never got caught. So one day we did it and we, we had jaywalked, and all of a sudden, coming out of the Tim Hortons, this cop just comes speeding at us. Mm. And we're like, yo, we crossed the hill. We thought we ran away. You know, I was a bigger dude. Way bigger food back then, so mm. you know, you can't really run fast when you're a big homie. But <laughs> all, all the other dudes were with us, they were all track stars, basketball players, mm. uh, and you know, they, they ran ahead, they escaped. And the cop he found us, it was actually me and the shorty I was with at the time. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh. <laughs> and uh, we weren't doing nothing, we were, we were trying to make our way back to school, but we decided to walk and we thought we were in the safe. You should have left her and just ran by yourself. <laughs> yeah, word, I pushed her down and ran. <laughs> but uh, the cop comes out, mm. he's got his hand on his gun, it's semi out of his holster, and mm. uh, he doesn't address the girl, he addresses me first and says, You come here. And I'm looking around, like, like which one, like me and her. And he frisbee goes, points at me, tells me to come here. I have my hands in my pocket. He tells me, keep your hands out of your pocket. Actually, better yet, like, put them kind of up in the air. Mm. Man, 12 years old. I had, I had been a cadet, so I had dealt with, you know, high-ranking officers in the military and all that. So mm. always respectful. Yes, sir. No, sir. Mm-hmm. You know, I do what I'm told. And, you know, man, actually, he, he pat me down now that I remember. Mm. He checked my pockets. I'm 12 years old, man. I didn't even look like a criminal. Mm. Still in the suit. Still got patted down. Man, he still hand was still on the gun, man. Mm, mm, and, mm. and he calls the shorty over, real nice to her. Doesn't check her, nothing like that. And he says, "Girls hurt her first, hey sweetie. You know you're gonna be a little trouble. Call your parents. You know, blah blah. I need the number." Well, he talks to her. Well, he okay, call. Well, who, who I forget what he said to me. He told me to call my parents. And I mm. said, yes, sir, no problem. Get my number. He calls her. He says, yeah, I have your son right here in custody, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. I'm not even in cuffs. Like, I'm not. Whatever. He tells him, oh, this is officer so-and-so. And um, he tells him, yeah, I caught them jaywalking or whatever. It's funny now. If you tell my parents about this story, they'll be like, I thought you were crying. I thought you were this. And I was like, no, nah, I just wanted to go back to school. I was I thought it was going to be over and over. I thought, hey, man, listen, I can go to school. School's like a block away. Just let us walk. Not get in the car. Er. 
He puts he puts the shorty in the front seat and throws me in the back. Wow. And he closes the gates and all that and everything. They was in those patrol cars. And he goes, you know, I was actually kind of sitting up a little. Said, "Why do you guys have this plastic wrap?" He's like, "He's like, sit the fuck down." He like yells at me in the car. Jeez. And I was like, "Yo, what?" And he puts the lights on, so you know, as soon as you get to the school, like, yeah. And you know, he has the shorty. He opens the door for her and for me. And they have to open the door regardless because you can't open it from the inside. <laughs> mm. But and then you just look at me like, yeah, I'm real. Guys, look at you. Like, but he's treating me like I'm the criminal. Like, we just yeah. something wrong, you know, mm. minus the cuffs. Mm. We get inside, and and uh, he's like, hey, I know there was more people with you guys. Who else was it? <laughs> Man, ticket, 12 years old, dying, still no snitch. Hey, real nigga. I said, there was people with us? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're like, you're like. God, I wouldn't remember. I dropped my glasses. I'm sorry, officer. I dropped my glasses. There's people I said, there. I said, there's people? Yo, I know people. Like, What's a person? Alone, you. Now you have to say I don't speak English. Oh, that would have been worse. <laughs> no, man. Shorty's crying, bro. She's bawling her eyes out. Shorty's going to get arrested. And I said, and then she's like, no, there was people with it. And Shorty starts naming everybody. Oh, <laughs> but there was this one dude in the group. I won't name drop him, but man, that kid. I've seen him. I've seen him lately, too. He's the nicest kid ever. He was immigrant kid from Africa. He didn't say anything. Of course, he was super athletic and all that, but he never spoke mm. at all. And before they snitched, before she snitched him, I said, that's it. That's everybody was with us. Uh, long story short, he actually wasn't going to give us a ticket. He became real nice afterwards. Mm. But it was the principal who wanted to bust us. So mm. he made a, she made him give us all $300. Was it 300 It was exactly, I think, 315 I remember. Cause... How would you know? No, no. It was, it was 100 something. It was 100 something. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like $120 ticket or something like that. That's... When you're like 13, that's a lot of money. For sure. And the worst is the court date fell on my birthday. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> but we, I had to go to court on my birthday. <laughs> we, we were all there. I was there at the court. And I wanted to go. Like, it was my first time going to court. And then I was like, I was like, wow, he's actually getting a ticket. Jeez. I was so interested. Next thing I know, <laughs> I'm falling asleep in the courtroom. And I'm laying on the bench, and I'm just sleeping. Okay, but anyway, the story, has a, the story has a good ending to it. That's how I the, the judge is real nice to me. You know, she thought I was in high school. She told me, like, don't be jaywalking, blah, blah. She produced a ticket to, like, 20 bucks. And I got 20 bucks for my birthday, so that's what I paid it with. But hey. anyway, aside from that, it, that was my first real experience with, you know, law enforcement. And, okay, it wasn't crazy. I wasn't thrown to the floor. The gun wasn't out. But just the fact that you know, I was real polite with him. Like I said, I had been cadet, so I dealt with officers like that. Mm. The fact that the gun was sent me out in the, like, already in his hand, mm. the way he was, you know, approaching me and all that, I was like, man, I was, even though I was so respectful to you, you still had that disrespect. Yeah. That's and crazy. Again, like, the reason I want to be a cop is so we can change that. We can change the perception of how we deal with people, you know? When I get a call to a 7-Eleven, 
even if I see the people I know after kick out are right there, I still go talk with the store. Hey, are they still on site? Can you tell me exactly what they were wearing? If they can't, then I'd be like, okay, there's people here. I'll kick them out. But if you don't remember exactly what they looked like, what they were wearing, or what they did, I can't get them in trouble. Mm. But what they did, I can't get them in trouble. That's and real. That's, that's, that's real. So, like, and that's, that's one thing you can say, bro. You go to my work. Everybody knows that. Everybody, the way I the, I do my business, the way I talk with people, always respectful. This is my. I got spit on man at work. Some dude call me the N one. I ain't even black like that. And not with the A. Yo, yeah, someone spit on me. Oh. Not on my face. Yo, yeah, someone spit on me. Is, is that assault? Though? Not on my I face. I hate okay. that. Somebody spits on you. That's assault. It is, but long story short, my office, it is, but my supervisor said, long story short, my office, my, said, my supervisor said, don't do it. Well, she actually said, wait for me to get on site. And, you know, she took forever. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't want to go to court, you know. A cracker doesn't even show up. I didn't get paid for that. Wasted all my time in court. I didn't even get paid for that. So, like I said, I. Yeah, man. That's like I said. I I deal with people who have those tendencies to be a little, you know. Uh, during the whole George Floyd, a lot of the dudes at work were very like, he shouldn't have done that. Now look what's happening. Some other people were like, oh, they were in complete right to do it. But everybody who take. Okay, so that's the thing, man. Is say okay. So, if you're gonna be a security guard who, who deals with weapons, you have to take a CTSS, which is a Canadian training. Uh, you know how to handcuff people, how to put them down, and all that. The only only reason you'd ever put your hand, your knee, on someone's neck or head is to, like, if they're squirming around too much. And other people need to put the cuffs on. That's the only time, but it's for like five seconds max. Because you put the knee on the neck, you capacitate them. They can't move around. You put the cuffs on and you get off. Right? If you analyze that video, that cop was just doing it because people are telling him, oh, get off. Don't do that. Uh, you know, the phones are out there recording. For him, it's his ego. His ego killed George Floyd, you know? Yeah, ego let him right. to put his knee on his neck and not get off. Because ego was the one that was like, "Oh, because you, who are you to tell me what I can do and what can't do? You got the videos out. I'm gonna be on, you know, the internet anyway." But, but also too, like, that's, that's very that's true. What ego, him, ego played a big part. But and racism. yeah, thank you. Yeah, let's see. He wouldn't and have racism. had his knee on, on a white man that long. I'll tell you that for sure. Oh yeah. And man, don't you? Let's, nah. let's talk about what's going on in the capital. And man, yes, don't you? Let's, yes, let's talk about what's going yeah, on in the crazy. capital. Like, I feel like they just let them in. You can't. No, they had the to. Capital. It's funny that we're speaking about that because I actually I brought us I brought this up to my dad because like uh, he's a lot more old school and stuff. But he's like, he's like, I've been to the Capitol Hill. He's like, yo, he's like, you can't even you can't even get close to there, bro. There's so many different. There's like different uh, stages where you like access in the sense of like where you can see it. It's like. Okay, you, you get let in through one gate. There's a next gate, and then the next gate kind of thing, you know. So, mm -hmm. so whoever was working the gate security has literally led them through. He's like, because like you can't get to the capital without because there's so much security, you know. There was some uh, Assassin's Creed type of vibe going yeah. there. It was a bunch of photos of like people scaling the walls and like the building on the side. Bro, it's an inside job. I swear. Number one, number two, um, it just goes to show, bro. Like. Um, there's two Americas and bro, my, a lot of my family lives in DC. That's why I'm like, that's why I go so hard too. It's like, 
not only is racism real in Canada, but like, yo, I have family in the States, bro. Like when I see all these things happen to people like George Floyd or, um, you know, uh, Breonna Taylor and the list goes on and on and on, you know, but like, yo, I literally have family out there, bro. Like I'm actually terrified for them. Like you can never imagine that what happens if they get put through it. Oh my God, bro. You don't know how you're going to react toward it. That's so scary, bro. Have you guys ever heard of, um, uh, Khalif Browder? Khalif Sounds Browder. familiar. Was it a case? Yeah, it was the a case. It was a case. This, this black guy or teenager, black teenager. What was his name? Uh, Khalif Browder. He um he was accused of stealing a backpack, for, and he he was put on he, he was he was sentenced to Rikers Island with no trial or nothing. And there was no proof of him with the backpack or nothing. Like, he couldn't speak to a lawyer. He was a minor. So many things. But yet, uh, he ended up doing three years for a stolen oh, backpack. this was a case wow. in 2015. Mm-hmm. And then, yo, once he got out, he committed suicide because of, yo, not, okay, no, no, there's a bigger part to it. Yo, not even just doing time. A lot of his time was spent in uh, uh, solid, yeah, exactly. Oh, and that shit makes you go crazy. 22 years old, bro. When he passed. Wow. 22 years old, bro. Wait, but he, yo, he spent his time in when he was a teenager. Like 17, 18, 19, I think. But That's, that's the thing, man. Like, that's, that's the thing, know, man. It's like, you know, like I said, we haven't dealt with racism mm-hmm. the way it is in the States here, but... I couldn't even imagine, like, Alberta's surrounded by a lot of old-school thinkers and a lot of, you know, those racist tendencies. Imagine if it happened here. Like, man, I saw a video of a black security guard. Not even, they're not security guards. Those guys are armed officers. A black officer inside a Capitol. And, man, I just thought, if this guy hits one of those guys with the baton he had in his hands right now, they kill him on the spot. And, you know... People asking, oh, why didn't they shoot and all that? One, you know, you don't want to be on the news as a, as a law mm-hmm. enforcement officer. You don't want to be on the news anymore. And, like, if they had if they had shot them, I mean, that the one lady died. Only, she said she wanted to die before she, she, said, she, the, before she saw Biden become president. president. Shot, and I did my research on this. Mm. The building that she, like, like, the part of the building that she tried breaking into, that's where all like the high end government people went to go and hide in. Mm. So once they see that that's broken, so they decided to shoot, and they only shot her because she had her hand through the door window, mm. and she was trying to unlock it. So then, an instinct as defense, while also being top security, whipped it out and shot her. Man, but, I don't like, feel that, bad. That's that's also something you have to expect. When you're going trespassing, when you're gonna when you're gonna do something so dumb, mm-hmm. of breaking and entering, especially in the government facilities. Yeah. Yo, I heard a I heard a bad joke from one of the podcasts. I heard a I heard a bad joke from one of the podcasts I listened to about that girl who got shot, and they were like, "Oh shoot, we gotta make this look good for the media." And so he says that we don't shoot only black people, so they shot her. But oh, man, like, if 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 they could use the same weaponry and the same, you know, violence that they did, yeah, to a peaceful, a legit peaceful protest, white white, couldn't do this to, you know, 
But the thing is, mm-hmm. those Southerners are armed, man. That's yeah. the problem. Dude. But, and but since it was known as like a, sorry to cut you off, but mm. since it was basically, they called it a revolution. Mm. Obviously, someone shoots, he's going to be shooting. Yeah, but the thing is, too, guys, like, um, man, you guys just explained it too, right? Like, how can somebody get maced while peacefully marching? Like, they literally maced this guy point blank, uh, point blank, like, with his daughter on his shoulders, like, three-year-old kid. Like, literally, he's not holding a flag. He's not holding a gun. He's not holding a bat. He's literally holding his child, like, on his shoulders, and he gets maced. You know what I'm saying? That's insane. It's it's sickening, bro. And it's like, bro, like, it, it just it just goes to show, right? It just goes to show that, like, yo, we did it correctly. And yet, yo, we were called hooligans. We were called um, violent. We were called a bunch of things. But meanwhile, meanwhile, like, like, during the actual protest of the BLM shit, like, people were actually planting bricks and stuff like that. And we were the ones saying, don't, don't go loot and shit like that, you know? Mm. Who's looting? Yeah. Who's looting, right? It was a bunch of white people, to be honest. And that's where, um, what is it called? Uh, the media comes in. Yeah. So for me right now in social, we're li- we were going to learn about the media mm. and like what they put out. And I've always been a guy to like... Like think more into the stuff, yeah. Than just hear what's been happening. Mm. So obviously, it's not just uh, black people doing the the what it's called the looting. There's mm-hmm. more people to it. Like you can't just seclude one mm-hmm. one race to do the thing just because that race is being put on spotlight. Yeah, and and also there's videos and footage of cops, of cops planting bricks at some of the protests. You know, so yeah, the system's messed up, man. Bro, the system is literally designed for, and I'm glad no one here on this podcast is white right now because this is just facts. The system is designed for white people to win and everyone else not to, and that's just it's facts. That's just a it's fact. Facts. You know, white privilege is real. It's out there. It's real. And and the fact that they stormed Capitol Hill is just the biggest example, you know. Yeah. But you know what? Everything we're talking about right now. But you know what? Everything we're talking about right now. You know, like, like I said, I'm I'm obviously in the law enforcement route, so I can say, you know, mm-hmm. shout out to the good guys. Honestly, it sucks that sure. everybody's name A-Cab being slandered. All that, you know, A Cab for I hate mm. for even though I support, you know. Our brothers in colors, but ACAB mm. is the most stupidest thing I've ever heard, bro. Because I've met good cops, I've met bad cops, I met guys who are going to be amazing cops, mm-hmm. and I met some dudes who are going to be trash cops. But it's all about reteaching the system, reteaching them like, yo. And honestly, you know, I've met black, mm. I've met black cops who are bad, bro. <laughs> I've met some black cops, but I'm like, you're just lucky you're wearing a badge because if it was the other way around, exactly, and and you yo, be the way you like now, black so. people moving like that sucks, but yo, like there are also a lot of a lot of them are programmed to be fucking Uncle Toms and shit, bro. A lot of them are just oh yes, man, master. for real, yes, master, you know, <laughs> dead ass, yo. 
You know? Some Uncle Ruckus. Yeah. Some Uncle Ruckus. Yeah. Some Uncle Ruckus. Listen here, niggas. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all niggas gonna fuck it. You know? <laughs> Uh, a lot of uncle uncle Rockies is bro. Oh, no, but um, speaking oh, of that, it's just racism and hatred. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's like that's what's happening with that is because people are so um, what is it called? Opinionated on one thing mm-hmm. that that's the only thing that they just want to hear. Exactly. So they, they they close their ears to listening to other people's opinions and their thoughts. That is just like um, very clogged ears, I'll call it. Mm-hmm. And especially like when you're growing up and you're getting brainwashed by it, then like obviously like I hope for those people that like that they find this podcast. They listen to what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and they open their ears and start looking onto like others' beliefs and opinions on this. And obviously, there's gonna be people that, when they share their beliefs, they're gonna mm-hmm. not say it correctly, which will then insinuate angerness. That's and, yeah, that's very true. And then no, that's when the no, and this is coming from the mouth of a kid who's going who's gonna be. 21 were mm. already old, bro. Like, this is coming from the mouth of the new generation. So, if this is already the way they're thinking, we might have hope. But a lot of the time, like, influence from the fathers, influence from everything yeah. we see. It's, one of my, one of my ma- managers at work, he said the craziest thing. He's like, he's like a middle-aged white man, but he hit me with his bar, bro. Like, I was just like, whoa. He said, uh, he said, uh, I want to be a good ancestor. You know? Like, and what does that mean, right? What does a good ancestor mean? Especially being a white white man, right? He's, a, well, he's like, first things first. Like, I want to teach my kids about equality and everyone's right to life. And also, I want to make sure that I teach them uh, the opposite of racism in the sense of, like, love your, like, love that neighbor type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ten Commandments yeah. and stuff, you know? And, and he's like, I just want to make sure I do my part as an ancestor. Because cause if you think about it, then what's a bad ancestor? Well, a bad ancestor is someone who fought who fought for the southern states and believed that black people were three fifths human and deserved to be slaves and and all that shit. Or a bad ancestor is somebody who fought in World War Two as a Nazi and still preached that hatred of Jews and everyone that's non Aryan or whatever, you know, and yeah, and and spread that in their in their family tree because it's like yo. I think I think I'm not sure if it's proven, but yo, um, hatred. You're not born hating anyone, you know. I uh, but you're taught that, right? You're taught to. Mm-hmm. You're taught that. So, a good ancestor teaches his offspring to love rather than hate. Yeah, you know. And there's a there's a line that I heard. It was in a show, and it says, "There's always three parts to the story: the winning side, mm-hmm. the losing side, and then the truth." Mm. And we'll never know the actual truth because both of the stories will come out differently. Mm-hmm. So, such as white supremacy mm-hmm. and then the slavery, there's there's two different stories to that. And then when you balance it out, it's the truth. But no one will ever know that because there's always going to be one side of the story that's 
correct and incorrect. That's that's powerful. But you know what? Even though they teach us in school the truth, the truth is corrupted, man. History, history is written by the winners, not by the losers. And in slavery, it wasn't the people of color who won. We're taught that it's evil. We're taught that all that, but we're, we're never, never taught, taught in depth. We're never taught of more of the story, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know what he was saying? To be a good ancestor, the truth has to be told. We really need to tell him, like. When we have kids, man, we're gonna be the ones who tell us that we we even we like even experienced mm-hmm. like hardships of being a person of color. One thing, one thing, honestly, that needs to be changed is people need to stop teaching the kids that to use their, sure. their color as a crutch. Mm-hmm. That's one big thing. I can't stand that, bro. I'm the only person of color really who's Damn. doing the job I do at my work. But not once have I let it be that my color affects the way I work. Not once have I said that my color is the reason. I, you know, I can't do something about never that. I can do the same thing a white man does. Is it going to be harder for me? 100%. But I can yeah, do it if I do but, it 100% but, but better than him. That's, that's, like, that's the wrong thing, though, my G. Because uh, if you think about it, why, why do we have to work twice as hard to get what they have? You know? That's true. Right. It's disgusting that we gotta do it. Bro. That's true. It's it's disgusting that we gotta do it. it exactly. If it has to be done, if it has, it has to, to be, be done, done you know what I mean. What what we have to do as society, right, is to change that. It's to change that exactly because it's like mm-hmm. I ne- I'll never ever use my 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 skin color for an excuse. I'll never ever be like oh because I'm black like uh you know like I don't have the opportunities therefore um I'm in the streets or therefore I rap no like complete opposite right like I'm out here trying to. I'm about to finish my degree as a psychologist. Uh, I'm trying to educate people, uh, activists, you know, all this shit. But, uh, but yo, what we have to do as society is to literally level out the playing field, you know? Yeah, this is an up battle hill, basically. Definitely. And, and, and the fact that we currently have to work twice as hard to get what they have, that's a very flawed thing. And, like, I'm sure we're all immigrants, right? So we've all heard that from our parents, like, you know? We've, yeah, but that's. I such, feel like. Oh yeah, keep going. Sorry, sorry, but th- th- that's such a flawed mindset because imagine like your kid, like you're a kid, you believe that, you believe what your parents tell you, so you almost believe that narrative, but it shit, it's not a non-existent, right? Because it's like if you have the credentials, and they still pick somebody over you for that position, that's fucked up, you know. If like if you're more qualified than someone, who gets a job, like if you're more qualified but they get the job. That shouldn't sit well, you know, because it's like, yo, we're fucking up society on top of fucking up society. It's like not only are you fucking up the person like because you're not getting the the job, but they're giving it to somebody worse than you. Right. 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 That's facts. Hell yeah. I used to to preach that. I swear. I I used to preach that till I found out till I realized my G. I'm like, nah, like that's fucked up. That shouldn't be a thing, bro, because it's like we believe it. You know, it's like, it's like we believe that, uh, you know, like that dog, that, that um, drawing or whatever of like the dog with the, with the carrot attached to him or something. It's in front of him. I see no like, one. Okay. Maybe not like, maybe like a piece of chicken or something, but like, it's like on a string, like, like high in front of him, but like he's running towards it, but he'll never get it. Uh-huh. 
essentially that's what they do right it's like uh-huh. oh yeah it'll be better for your kids it'll be better for your kids like what i said earlier about that cycle you know like we really we really have to end racism systematic racism all that shit you know because yeah. because if if we don't my g the cycle is going to continue and like it's almost like it's almost like until we make conscious decisions to actually like work on how do we break that down how do we break that structure down because it's like yo Okay, um, another prime example is, like, Brock Turner, or whatever that white boy's name was. He raped a girl, right? He oh, raped... Huh? The guy was like... Oh, the swimming Or some shit like that, right? But he only... The guy was, like, swimming got... team or something? Like, a month ago? No, I think, like, 2018, 2019 or something. But, yo, oh, imagine... I thought you were talking about someone else. Imagine this, yo. So, he, uh, he rapes this girl at a party or whatever. And you know what his dad says? Hmm. He was drunk, like, like that was a stupid decision or whatever. I'm like, yo, he, wow. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just white privilege, like, literally spitting out of his mouth. But, um, yo, then, then there's black guys. There's black guys who get falsely accused. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like trying to say, oh, like, um, rape allegations are bullshit or nothing. Like that you should take that very seriously. And if a guy is on that shit, fuck that guy, to be honest. But, um, but then there's guys who've been proven that like it was false accusations end up doing years, years, like plural, you know, when there's this guy who's clearly gotten caught in the act, but his, six months, right? Six months and um, six months. and a slap on the wrist, you know, but then again, too, but you see what I'm saying about that cycle? So imagine when that white kid, you know, who's at a like a Ivy League school gets in that position where like he has the money or whatever, he's going to bail out the next white kid who does some stupid shit like that. You feel me? Yeah, and the cycle just keeps on going. It, well, I remember when I was young, you could do it too, kind of thing. Exactly, exactly, right? Oh, Jimmy, you're just a little drunk. It was a stupid mistake. I get it. You're just yeah, never do that again. Never ever do that. You know? Come on, mm-hmm. come on, bro. That that shit's got to change, bro. You feel me? He was um he was founded guilty by sexual penetration of unconsciousness person and violation, sexual pen- penetra- penetration of an intoxicated person. Assault with intent to commit rape. Hold up. Withdrawn by prosecution was rape of an intoxicated person and rape of an unconscious person. Yeah, but do you know what the minimum sentence is? Yeah, but do you know what the minimum sentence is? He only serves six months. If he got three counts of sexual assault, Mm. he got got 60 years. He was found guilty of three things. Six months. But Mm. were withdrawn... And he only served what six months, which makes no sense at all. Mm-hmm. Now look up the hundreds of maybe hundreds of thousands, like not hundreds of thousands, but thousands of thousands of falsely accused black men that ended up doing twenty plus years. Not even that, man. Let's go back to what. Uh, not even that, man. Let's go back to what. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, little boy who got that. the electric chair. Because mm. they said he Wait, whistled at a this? girl. Back in the day. Oh, this was years, years ago. 60s. 60s. But I was, I was, trying, to, I was, trying, to, I was trying to bring it closer to like now, even like 90s, like the 90s, 80s, 2000s, where black guys were falsely accused of rape and ended up doing mad time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's messed up. Like, cause like, but I'm, I'm, I'm also... I'm also trying to show you this shit too, not to, not to be like, hey man, like yo, like we're gonna lose this fight. 
but just to show y'all like yo this shit is real and like the only way to actually bring change is like raise awareness of these type of statistics and you know educate the educate the youth because uh a lot of this a lot of this shit is only able to occur because of the people that are in charge of the world right now as we speak you know law enforcement um you know i feel like our generation like as in people like 30 35 and under um or 40 and under we're gonna we're gonna bring a lot of change because like we've grew up in such a diverse communities you know like we're like be like the BLM movement snapped, you know, we're like, there's just so much going on, you know? Weird. Like, I um, feel like, yeah, like a lot of people of color are going to start to take on those big roles and then, you know, start making some real change. Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. And, and with me personally is like walk the walk, right? Like you, like I personally, um, I'm reading the books, you know, I'm going to those seminars. I'm going to those, uh, council meetings, I'm I'm uh I'm tapping in with people. I'm inspiring people in the sense of like, yo, like yo, we gotta look out for each other, bro. They're not gonna do it. They want us to fall, you know. They want us to mm-hmm. fold. They want us to be sheep. They want us to, to you know, to 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 fill up the prisons. That's what they want, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting you say that though, because it's like that 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 the system of like the white privilege and everything. They try to make us feel like, you know, in a way, it kind of pins us against each other. Because I noticed. A lot of people, like of color, we develop this like crab in a barrel mindset, and yeah. It's like, and we end up trying to like drag each other down when really we gotta lift, we gotta, each- yeah, lift each other up. Powerful, powerful. I'm glad you said that because yo, crab in a bucket has been one of my favorite sayings lately, because it's like yo, we're just we're so we're so drawn to the idea of trying to, um, you know, like trying to make it out that like. We'll, we'll we'll stop at nothing to to make it out before someone else, you know. But mm-hmm. in reality, is we should be so focused on getting each other out because what what that will do is like once you get to a new height, it's like you can look down and lift somebody up rather than staying in that same hole, you know. Right. Think like, think about that, right? Oh, okay, now I understand. Think about that, right? For example, like what what is what is a super super random example, but. What does what does Bruce Wayne do at the end of the last uh, Dark Knight movie? Right, like once he gets out of the, once he gets out of that prison. Can you speak up? Can you speak up? You know this. Didn't the Mandom like, well, the, the third, the third one, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like and after, he got everybody out with him, didn't he? Exactly. He threw the rope back. He threw the rope back in the prison. Yeah. So so that's 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 what I mean. Like a lot of a lot of the times, like. A lot of the times we're like, yo, we're just so focused on making it, making it out. But the biggest thing is like, you gotta, you gotta bring up the people behind you, right? Once you, mm-hmm. once you get to a new place, it's like you leave the rope or you leave, you leave hope, right? So, yeah. so on my quest, on my quest to becoming a better person, right? It's like, yo, okay, bet. Um, first things first, I'm a black man, so like the shit I see, the shit I see, it's like I'm, I'm trying to educate everybody. It's like, yo. My parents taught me to love everybody, you know, like especially with what they experienced in life, what they what they saw with their own eyes, you know, they 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 survived the genocide, you know, similar to the Holocaust. So, right. so for them to be persecuted and then still come out of there with like love, and it's just like, yo, I have no excuse, you know, I have to make the world a better place than I found it, and that starts with self, my G, you know, and that starts with like, and that starts with 
like the books you read, the type of conversations you have, and the openness, bro. Like, I know, I know, I know. Like, like you guys said, like this might be political or, or whatever the case may be, but like this is the truth, though. At the end of the day, you know, it's like this. This isn't a fairy tale. This is this is everyday life, everyday and life. and we're trying to make a difference, right? You guys are you guys are tapped in with your podcast. You're tapped in with music. We're trying to we're trying to raise awareness with what we have, and that's the beauty of it, bro. That's I think that's where change happens is when people realize the the type of leverage they have in the sense of like how many people can they interact with or how many people can they inspire and what do you do like how do you inspire them you know like i think i think that's more important than being the best rapper alive or you know being the best podcast out there it's like who 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 did you make a better person you know i think that's who did you who did you impact exactly you know who who whose life was a little bit better just a little bit better because you were here you know I want to say something. Mm. This became one of the most political podcasts we did mm. out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but it's a good political podcast. You know what? I'm pretty sure. Again, like you said, we don't know who we're going to impact. We don't know who's listening and tell us. But if we can change the mentality of the way people think, Listen. Well, we can get people to, you know, get someone's yeah. back and and tell us about their experiences or, or tell them why they disagree with us. Because man, one thing I was telling is mm-hmm. there were some people who posted stuff during the BLM movements, the blackouts, and all that, who mm. weren't ready for people to respond back. You know, there was a lot of fake stuff being yeah. spread around, fake news, and all that, and people were posting it. And they were not ready for the mm. for like people to go hit them up again. And like that's one thing we gotta let people know is the what we're telling you is because we've experienced it. Mm-hmm. Like Noel, you've been part of the BLM movement yeah. in it, so you know you've done your mm-hmm. research, obviously. So everything we're talking about yeah. from experience, from what we learned, from what we researched in our free time. So we're not mm. right now we're not spreading you guys lies, you know, like and even then, any news that we've been talking about, exactly. we got the laptop exactly. right here. And like, up, uh, so. like the names I, I name dropped, you know, and that was just to further the example, the example of like just the differences in how people are treated. And and um, I like that you guys saying this is like political and stuff, but like I, I almost want to say it's, it's, it's more than political, bro. This is like. This, this is, is life. Yeah, this is life, bro. This is life and death, yo. This, there's no. I'm not saying vote Democrat or nothing, bro. I'm saying like, yo, niggas are dying because of their skin color. <laughs> you know, like that's. You can't vote on that. You know, like that's just mm-hmm. that's just facts. You know. And you honestly, no matter what political party you belong to, and what you you vote for, like you said, we're not talking about politics. We're talking about you know, if you're gonna vote yes. for someone, vote for someone who's gonna help you save your life. It doesn't matter if you're Trump or Biden fan, Jason Kenny, yeah, or Trudeau, where the fuck, yeah. It doesn't, but you know, to start. We need to start voting people in who are gonna help us change yeah. our style, to change the style the way it is. Like, what gets it gets sad when you because again, like you said, you got family in the states, man. What God forbid, one day, who knows that is someone like that might be from one of our families in the states. That's where my closed ear fact so, comes in. 
Mm-hmm. What you just said about that we should vote for people who are going to help benefit us, the closed ears, nobody wants to listen to that. Everybody wants to say, my opinion is my opinion, and nobody's right except for me. No matter how hard you try to stop racism, it's still going to be out there, no matter how much you sacrifice for it. Yeah. It's not going to go away. There's always going to be that that one... But... What is it called? That one... uh, There's always that stubborn stubborn person who doesn't want to drop... But you know what? Change comes from... But you know what? Change comes from... First of all, it starts with us. Like I said, David is is from the new generation, man. Everything that he's seeing, everything that mm-hmm. you know. By the time we're old, but, we're going to be young. So for everything we're trying to tell him, he has to be able to teach yeah. his kids that. And, we're going to have to teach too, our kids the same thing. That you should you should know. Yeah, like you said, racism is always going to be around. But the big the big thing that I've realized recently is that it's getting less. You just stop to stop. Sorry, sorry. It is it's getting less and less accepted in society. So, like, even though, even though, like, the best way I can, the best example, the best example I can give you about that is like my music manager. He's a white guy, right? But uh, he uh, like he's been coming, he's been, he's been coming to the to the BLM stuff with me. Like, not just BLM. Like, I've been performing at like black uh artist festivals for like the past three four years now, right? So he'd come to those with me and he'd listen in on. The, the speakers talking about their struggles as being a black creative or black person trying to make it when they're giving the opportunities away to people less qualified, all that. Like he, he would, he would sit through that for years. And he said, imagine this, he was the only white person there, you know, in, in a crowd of like three or 400 people in an auditorium of, of wow. black people, you know? And, and it's like, yo, it's, and like, he would hear things like, like, oh, you, you're going to have to pronounce my name right. It's this. It's like, Nawali, there's no T. Like, you know, like, he'd hear all that stuff, right? So, so recently, um, I'd say maybe a month ago, he was at work and uh, he overheard some of his colleagues, uh, work, uh, like playing around, like trying to say nigger, like funny in a funny way. And, uh, he basically shitted on them. He's like, what's what's so funny about that? He's like, there's nothing funny about that word. They, they shouldn't even be saying that right now. Like, that's fucking whack. Like, and apparently, like, they just looked at him, like, in, in shock because they didn't expect their fellow white colleague to, you know, to just oh, step in. Like, exactly. But essentially, that's what, that's what I see changing. It's like racism is going to be around forever or hopefully not. But as long as it's around, there's going to be more and more people uncomfortable with it to the point where they can speak up and you don't have to be black, you know, make it a person of color or, you know, uh, first nations, uh, you know, Latin American or, you know, whatever the case may be, as long as, you know, like or Asian or whatever the case may be, like, but someone's always going to stand up against racism. I feel like, you know, more and more. Right. Like it's, it's, yeah. We're getting better at like uh, what's it called? Standing you know, up, more than that change, yeah. Yeah, making a stand because it's like, because it's like, it's one thing in your closed home. I'm like, okay, man, like you know, like I'm not in your house. Like if you say nigger in your home, like yo, more power to you. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, don't say it, whoever the fuck says the name, but don't say it. But um, uh, like we can't really, we can't really track that. You know what I'm saying? We can't track mm. that. But but when you're out in the public, you best hold your tongue before you get a slap. You know. Yeah, for real. Real talk. 
If you be sitting here with your yard, you want to get slapped. Yo, if you sit with the ER, you're going to get sent to the ER. That's a new bar for you. Hey, you've been right that one down. Oh, hey, that's a new bar for you. Hey, you've been right yeah, that you, one down. You guys gonna hear me freestyle too, or what? Oh, uh, drop some, bro. Oh, we got a show. All right, bet, bet. Bro. Right, let me throw in. Nah, it's gonna be off the top. I'm gonna just throw in a beat for y'all. I said no more, so no more. Google, no copyright, no copyright beat. No, no, it's just he's using the beat. It's okay. Okay, okay, yeah. So I'll just do I can put it in. Alright. Alright. They say it's the beans in a pot. I'm just flowing till I reach God. You know I won't stop. I'm on a one-way ticket. I'm trying to make it, but fuck critics. They don't see the vision. They'd rather see the blueprints. Now they'd rather see the blue coins. But hold up now. I'm trying to do this. Try and fill up like a motherfucking tank. I'm going straight to the bank. The shorties want to lay down like they're about to do a plank. But okay, what can I say? I'm going through. Like a skating rink, I'm trying to skate, but hold up, shorty want to go away. Let's fly away like we on the runway of a plane, but shorty not, no, ain't even know my name. Hold up, I said a little stuttering, but suffering. I'm hovering like a UFO. You ain't even know I flow, trying to do this shit real slow, and I speed it up some more. I swear to God, I'm finna blow like a coke head's nose, but I got a lot of shows. You don't know about those. Still, I go open door like a two-door, four-door coupe. You know, I'm finna do this shit. All I want to do is shoot with my hands up. Hold up, now they want my bands up. Shit, want my pants up. Shorty want to dance Shorty want to answer. I said, fuck that. I spread fast like it's cancer. I, my music, that is. Hold up, I ain't a savage. When it come to the rap shit, I make it flip like an acrobatic or a nice car going too fast. I'm the nigga from the past that blew past your ass. Hold up, now I got a cash for the... Ah, ah. Ah, it's hard, bro. Hey, let's get it. Let's ah, get it. That's hard, good. Bro. Right. Blessings. All right. All right. We're coming. We're close to the end. So right All right, man. Well, yo, we're coming. We're coming close to the end. So right now, we want to. It's your time to shout it out. Anything you got on the works? All right, blessings. I got, uh, got some singles coming out very soon. Uh, I would say February. I'm gonna drop a couple of Wally Wednesdays this month before uh, before the January. Is over, so y'all heard it here first, you know. Um, but definitely some singles coming your way. Um, yeah, just been working a lot on music. I actually haven't been on socials as much lately, just because I've been tapped in with with myself, trying to you know level up in twenty twenty one. Yeah, everything, you know, trying to grind on school. But music, man, trust yo. We're gonna hit him with some crazy shit this year. I, I promise you that. Y'all heard it here first. I bet maybe the five beans are making an appearance in an album. We know I, 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 we're not I, saying I, we're rapping, so we'll see. Home. For real. <laughs> <laughs> right, we should pray you have. We oh my god, I always stutter. We appreciate you, man. Thanks for having. Hey, course, Thanks for man. coming on the podcast. We'll link your stuff in the bio. Everybody go check them out. Honestly, hey, thanks for having thank me. you so much, Nawali, for being on here. We're going we're gonna to have you on again. We're going to we're sure. gonna have to do like, uh, I was thinking maybe like six months down the road or, or like, you know, a little bit or something. So we get like, so a lot has passed. So when we when we reflect on this audio, be like, damn, a lot a lot has happened since we spoke, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's hope. Let's hope. How's it going? All right. Yeah, man. God bless us. Yeah. All right, one. God bless, man.